Today's episode of Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast, will not be heard at this time, so we can bring you the following special. to watch South Park, but they are also movie marks. They like to watch all the good and bad films. So now they will take a trip down memory lane. This is a South Park special. They will talk about movies. Hello everyone and welcome to this special edition of Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast as we review movies. I'm Bill Yankovey from the Washington Times are certainly hard right now. Yes, and my name is Fro and I have the heart like a baked potato. <laughs> Today the movie that we are going to be reviewing is the 199, well depending on what year you look at it, 1993 oh. or 1996. The ever-interesting masterpiece, Cannibal the Musical. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you've never seen this before. Right, I had never seen this movie before until uh, we were getting ready to do this. Yes, yesterday. Yes. And uh, to people that are interested in this, yes, you can find it free on YouTube. Oh yeah, you can find it on many places, actually. YouTube, mm-hmm. Netflix, um, you could buy it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we should mention is, this is all true. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, kind of interesting that uh, we have a musical about something that happened, and it's all true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is actually a true story. Um, yeah, believe it or not. Should, should we... Okay, well, let me ask you this. Should we go into the movie first and then tell about the life of Alfred Packer, or should we tell them the life first and then the movie? Let's, let, let's, do, the, let's, let's do the truth part. Because, I mean, uh, yes, let's uh, talk about the true parts. All right, so let's get into Alfred Pecker, um, and, and, I, and I have his information in front of me. He was born on January 21st, 1842 in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Um, he, well, let's, let's just, I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read some of the important parts. Um, he was one of three children to James and Esther. James Packer and his wife Esther Griner. By the early 1950s, James had moved his family to Lagrange County, Indiana, where he worked as a cabinet maker. Alfred served in the Union Army in the Civil War, in the American Civil War. Mm-hmm. Upon enlisting on April 22, 1862, at Winona, Minnesota, in Company F, 16th U.S. Inf- Infantry. Regiment, he gave his occupation as a shoemaker. He was honorably discharged due to epilepsy eight months later at Fort Ontario, New York. 
He moved south and on June 25, 1863, enlisted in Company L, 8th Iowa Cavalry Regiment in Ottumwa, Iowa. However, he was discharged at Cleveland, Tennessee on April 22, 1864 for the same reason. He then traveled to the Rocky Mountains and worked at mining-related jobs for nine years. Mm-hmm. And that's where we're going to stop at this point in time. Because but there, there, there are, of course, there are things in the musical that isn't true. Right. Just to, like, say it out. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The, uh, for example, Packer uh, originally left with a man, a group of 21 miners, while mm-hmm. the movie, uh, there are only six, six. men yeah. left. And no, none of the miners were known to be singers. So. Right. So, um, yeah, that's basically true. And they were going to Breckenridge, Colorado, which we actually mentioned in a previous episode. So. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's yeah. a lot of references. Yeah, there is. I really look. Uh, hard into this movie, mm-hmm. you see a, a lot of references forward to to South Park. Mm-hmm. It is really important to say that this movie was a trauma film, and for, for people that don't know what trauma meant for the movie industry, we could talk base about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, trauma is one of those. Um, uh, industry things that a lot of like people say, oh, this is a trauma film. Oh, it has to be bad. This is maybe the best trauma film in the world, or is it the best trauma film you've seen? Well, this is actually the first trauma film that I've ever seen. Really? Yeah. Oh no! Wait a minute! No, it isn't. I'm sorry. It's the second. It's yeah, the I'll... second. Just going to ask you if you haven't seen like um, Return to Newcomb High, for example. Oh no, I I watched, I have seen the classic action movie Surf Nazis Must Die. I love Surf. That Nazis. is a good yeah. movie. <laughs> there you are. Uh. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, like if if you're not at all like. Uh, 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 you don't know anything about trauma. You should really look into it because it it, is, it was so important for the film industry. And we could tag trauma films for a lot of like fun things we have right now. For example, like South Park. South Park would never existed if it wasn't for trauma films. Um. Let's see. They have come out with movies as the Toxic Avengers series. Love Toxic Avengers. The yeah. Class of Nukem High series. Yeah. Killer Condom. Eye of the Serpent. Uh, King of see. Death. Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Yep. White Witch theory. Yeti, A Love theory. Story. Yep. Outlaw Prophet. There's uh, a lot of movies there. Zombiegeddon. Uh, I, I, I have to recommend uh, that you look into this, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, yeah. So, but uh, this is your second 
but I, I think this is this is an underrated movie. Like before we go into it, this mm-hmm. is an underrated and never talked about movie. And uh, I, I, I have some theories why. I think it's mostly because it's a trauma film, and the humor in this film is really sophisticated. Mm. And I'm actually saying that without being at all uh, ironic. I I think this is this is such a, a, a classic movie that everybody should actually see. Right. But let's go into it. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into Cannibal the Musical. So, we begin the movie with what we believe is a reenactment of what actually happened with Alfred Pecker. Or Packer. Oh. I know I'm going to say Pecker, so if I do, I apologize. Um, and... We see him basically eating other people to death. Mm -hmm. And it's just very out there. You know, like the way it happens. Um, It's bloody. It is. So, the person who is prosecuting him, which happens to be, I think it's the sheriff of the town. Mm -hmm. um, He, you know, gives this you know, rec, you know, gives it a story, and these are the final, you know, final parts of the trial. So as the people are cheering, we see Alfred going like, that's not what happened. So as we begin the movie, we go through the credits, and one thing that we should point out is Trey Parker in this movie is not credited as Trey Parker. <laughs> No, he is not. He is credited as Juan Schwartz. <laughs> Just love that name. Mm-hmm. So we then see uh, a journalist by the name of Polly Pry, and <laughs> she is played by Toddy Walters, and we'll get more into that in a little bit. Um. And the sheriff is hitting on her, trying to get her to go to dinner with them. But she wants to talk to Alfred. So, as she's about to, the the sheriff goes to her and says, Oh, one more thing. If you mention Leanne, he will talk and say anything. So, she goes into the jail and... She sees Alfred, and Alfred is trying to make a house, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's trying to get word, and Alfred's like, well, you know, I can't really say anything without my attorney being here, and, you know, it just wouldn't be good. So, you know, she's trying to get words out of him, but doesn't. But then she mentions Leanne. And that's what brings Alfred his attention. And he talks about how Leanne was this beautiful, gorgeous thing, you know, with sort of like autumn hair and eyes. I love, I love when I understand the first time 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> talking about it's so funny. And he's like, and especially when she goes like this. This. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go into the back uh, flashback of the story. And then we get our first song of this story, of this movie, and it's probably the well-known one of the. Although there are some good ones, and it yeah. is called uh, Spadonko. Spadonko. Yep. Spadonko. Yes, because the sky is blue and the leaves are green. The sun is as warm as a baked potato. I think I know exactly. Pre- what I mean when I say it's the Spadonkel day. And I re- ride with my girl. She's my best friend in the whole world. Well, move along, set a gold pie, with my eyes full of hope as we aim for the... The sky is blue and the leaves are green. My heart is full as a big potato. I think exactly, impressively what I mean when I say it's my uncle day. Yes. Yep. So as as we see our main character walking by, he goes to a it looks like a mine a, a miner's uh, factory, and he meets up with um oh gosh uh Frank I believe it is isn't it. Yeah. Yes, Frank, it is yeah. Frank. And they're and he's talking to Alfred about how they're going to Colorado to look for some gold. And mm-hmm. you know, he's asking if he's interested in going to, you know, join them. And Alfred's like, Well, I've been in Colorado before. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this one. Yeah. yeah. Um Oh, no, wait a minute. No, it's uh, Swan. That's his name, Swan. Swan, yes. Yes, yes. Swan. Um, so, <clears throat> so, you know, they're like, well, there's a group of people gathering up. They're going to probably go. We should go talk to Lucky Larry. So, as they're going to meet Lucky Larry, there's a group of people, uh, Packer, uh, who is sort of the Mormon. Well, not sort of, but he is the Mormon. Um he is there, and we see that, oh, Lucky Larry is dead. Ugh. Yeah, Lucky Larry has died. Um, so... And it's so funny, mm-hmm. like, for me, especially, that knows, like, what they're going to do. All the Mormon references in this, in this, uh, uh, in this uh, musical, it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. And, you know, they, they, they are going to make a musical about Mormons, like, in the future. All the Mormon stuff is really good, eh? It is. So, they gather around, and um, they they start to, you know, they're trying to decide, okay, well, who's, who's going to lead us? Um, you know, who's going to lead us to do this? And Swan convinces, you know, that Alfred will do it because he's been in Colorado. And then they start to nominate different people who, you know, either want to go or are being forced to go, basically. (laughs) More or less. Yes. Um, 
James Humphrey, who is played by Matt Stone, he is forced to go. His father forces him to go. Um, In the most, uh, what shall I say? In the most least forceful way of the movie. Yeah. I just love it. It's like, oh, I don't really want to go. No, you, 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 you're going to want to go. I mean, we'll catch up to you there. And, oh, no, I don't really want to go. He's going. He's going. Yeah. So, uh, he goes, and then this young man goes because he doesn't want to be with his dad. Like, he wants to be a man, and he's only 19. Mm-hmm. And and I have to ask, does he look 19? He does. He does? He, I thought he looked 19. Yeah, 19-ish. Yeah. So the group consists of Shannon Wilson Bell, James Humphrey, Frank Miller, George Noon, and Israel Swan. So that's the group. Mm-hmm. So then um, they ask Alfred, how long do you think it's going to take to get to Breckenridge? And he thinks, <laughs> oh, it's going to take about three weeks. Four weeks later... Four weeks later, they're like, you don't know where we're going, do you? <laughs> I love like, like, it. Like, it's almost like they haven't moved at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, then they meet up with this strange guy. And mm-hmm. he's like, you're doomed. You're doomed. You're doomed. So then they go into um, this little town to pick up stuff. And this is a funny scene where, where each guy comes in, um, the, the head of the shop, he greets them. They're like, howdy, 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 howdy. So as they're shopping for stuff, Alfred sees that there are three guys who are looking at Leanne. So he goes out, and he meets up with them. And one of them is Frenchie, as Fro said. And he and his other two companions are fur hunters. And they like to hunt for fur. And... <laughs> and it's such an innuendo. Mm-hmm. Is that what you call it? Innuendo? Yeah, yeah I think so. Yep, yep. So, you know, and he's like, oh, this is a fur trapper horse. How is she listening to you? And, you know, they refer to them as diggers. And they want to have the horse. Wasn't it miners? No. No, it was diggers. Diggers, yeah. Okay. Yeah, miners is later. Yeah. yeah. So... You know, they do, you know, they're going away, and then the guys start getting on, walking, and then this leads into another song, where they, you know, it's like, what are you doing this for? What are you, you know, which leads to the next song, which is called, That's All I'm Asking For. Oh, uh, what did you think about this song? Um... Well, I understand what they want, but 
this, I don't know, this might be my least favorite song. Yep, mine too. So, let me tell you guys what uh, they want. Um, Noon says, I know that there's more to life than women. I just can't seem to figure out what else there is. I don't need it every night. Every morning would be just fine. A little <laughs> sex, that's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. That's all he's asking, that's all for. He's asking for. Something I can test. A gal would suit me best. I got a thing to use. I know what to use it for. A girl I can love and kiss and hold and f That's all I'm asking for. <laughs> I love that I so the next one, Bell says, Now, I don't want to be rich for the sake of women. I want to be rich for the sake of our Lord. Enough to build a church where everyone can come. Enough for the Lord. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for. Humphrey then goes, It ain't a lot to ask. I'm sure we'll get it fast. A friend of mine was mining, and he made a lot of cash. He made a gazillion dollars. How is that? That's all I'm asking for. And then, it, during it, one of them is like, he did not make a gazillion dollars. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. So then Swan says, we're tired of being sick. We're sick of being poor. We've had a little luck. Now we want a little more. And then Packer goes in into... I've never had much in the way of friends or family. My horse is the only pal I've ever known. I'd like to build Aww. a ranch in the Rocky Mountain air. A home for us, that's all I'm asking for. So, during, after that, um, and this was one of the funniest things of this movie. They talk about how if, you know, if you get into some kind of verb, like, argument, a fight, whatever you gotta go to timeout <laughs> and you gotta sit in timeout for an hour yep which was real funny so they wake up the next morning and well Leanne is gone oh no mm-hmm and Alfred is starting to call for her She's like, he's like, Leanne! <laughs> it's so funny. Leanne! Like, I love how a name of a horse make it so funny. Like, it's, it's in the way he says it. Mm -hmm. So, like, Leanne! Yeah. Leanne! So, then, one of the guys realized that Leanne had the sack of food. Yep. So now they got to go on their own without food. So they carry the remaining stuff and they try to go across uh, the Green River. And as they cross the Green River... It's deep, and they're sort of riding the river. And, you know, it's just... They make it. They barely make it, but they make it. 
So then they get out of the water and they dry off and we get to night. And the only way they could keep themselves warm is by sleeping next to one person next to the fire. <laughs> and one of them is... Uh, oh, this is good. One of them is like, oh, I don't know if I feel comfortable about this. And then <laughs> Noon has one of the best lines of this movie. In the movie ever, yeah. Where he's like, oh, you know what I do? I'm pretending that I'm sleeping next to a tall, skinny, blonde woman. And the guy next to him is like, oh, I'm getting out of here. Because he yeah. doesn't want to sleep next to him. <laughs> and then Trey, he's still thinking about Leanne. Aww. And then we get this song. And I, and I want to read the lyrics. It's, it's a love song. Before we tell you the title of the song. <laughs> because it, it's so good. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> Here are the lyrics. She'll never know what she meant to me. Whenever I was with her, I was always as gentle as I could be. And now I don't know why, but she's gone <laughs> away. And I'll just have to stand on my own two legs. Your eyes, your smile, made my little life worthwhile. There's, theirs was nothing I couldn't do when I was on top of you. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I pulled her hair and she'd know to stop. And when she'd look behind her, I'd always be there. And now I don't know why, but she, she's gone, and all I can do is try to carry on. Your eyes, your smile, made my little life worthwhile. The sky was a lot more blue when I was on top of you, when I was on top of you. <laughs> so if you haven't figured it out, the song is called When I Was On Top Of You. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, it's good. Oh, it's one of my favorite songs. That that's in my top three. Yeah. Of this movie. Definitely in my top. Three. Oh my gosh. Oh, uh, my favorite is the next one, but yeah. Um. So they wake up the next morning. They get going, and they eventually cross into Colorado. And as they do, they see a couple of Indians. And while that's going on. Swan sees snow. So, re remember the snow a little later. Um, so, they see the Indians. They're not really sure what to do. And then the Indians come right towards them. They're trying to talk, and no one's able to understand. So, the Indians tell them to come with them, and they continue on. So, we then see that the tribe is full of Japanese people. Yes, why is it Japanese people? What? And then we see the chief. And, <laughs> yeah. And there's this woman with him, and Noon has the hots for her. Yep. Oh my gosh. 
So the chief is saying how he would like for them to stay because there's a big storm coming. And he's saying that there are other people there. There are some assholes here too. And we tell them to stay before, before the storm comes through. So they then go and they meet the group and it's the fur trappers. <coughs> and they meet and Alfred accuses them of stealing his horse. And then, um, we get into a song, and I'll let Ro talk about this next song. I can catch a helpless animal, skin it with my bare hands. I wake up muddy, and I go to bed bloody, cause I'm a trapping man. I can brave the nicest weather, weather, even AC below, below. My pa was an elephant, but that's... Irrelevant! My mom was an Eskimo. <laughs> I, I love that. Like, my pa was an elephant, but that's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. That is such a good word. Good way to rhyme. Uh, yep. I eat rabbit's head for breakfast. Breakfast! With beaver butt on the side. The side! My mind's magnified, and my body is no difference. I'm a full of trapping pride. Yo-ho! Yo-ho! Rip the fur. Cut uh, their skin with my knife. Yo-ho! Yo-ho! One thing for sure, there's nothing like a trapping life. I'm baddest. I'm badder than the baddest sailor. Sailor! I make uh, love to women ten feet tall. Good lord! I got the chest of a wonder falls and thunder, and I can't, uh, and I can break right through a wall. I love the sound of metal, metal, snapping on the animal's head, catching, sometimes they scamper, sometimes they whimper, but they always end up dead. I love that. It's so funny. Mm -hmm. And, and then he talks with another, uh, and he, he says, <clears throat> I, I always wanted to be somebody who didn't get punished around. Now I am a trapper, the meanest guy around. And then you, you hear, like, a uh, uh, French and uh, second meanest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the bloody fresh cut rotten as I sweet the brandy wine. And the brain of a t an antelope tastes like a cantaloupe. What a yummy life. Yo-ho, yo-ho, rip the fur, cut their eyes out with a knife. Yo-ho, yo-ho. And then they stop the song because they're talking about how they're singing, which is pretty good. <laughs> it's so funny. It also went off to like... Then they're like, like, this is sick. I agree. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> like, it's, it's in, the song is in F minor. <laughs> this I is for it. you music nerds on this part. Oh, it's so funny. So then, after they have that argument stop, uh, Alfred again accuses Frenchie of stealing his horse, and he gets punched. And then Swan goes over to him, and he's like, does someone need a timeout? 
<laughs> which was Aww. really good, and he gets punched. So then we come back to Alfred and Polly, and, you know, she, I think, is starting to be convinced that he might be innocent. Yeah. So the next day, we're at court. Polly is there, and the judge gives his decision. And he finds Alfred guilty of, you know, cannibalism. And that he is sentenced to hang the next day. And the people are cheering. And then Polly, who is again talking to the sheriff, the sheriff is still trying to hit on her. And Alfred sees this. Which is a minor part, but we'll get to that a little later. Um, and then she sings basically the love song to this movie. Uh, and it's, it's kind of a corny song. It I, is. I, this is. This is not in my top three. What? Uh, but it, I like it. One thing I noticed throughout this entire movie was how 90s these songs sounded. Oh, yeah. Oh, they my gosh. So Especially this one. Mm-hmm. So, I'll read you the lyrics to the, the love song, which is called This Side of Me. The lyrics are, What is this magic I feel? Seems no matter where I am, it finds me. Puts the memories of hope inside me. Makes me warm once more. He's just a quiet man, but his eyes can see right through me. Is it only that I feel pity? Could it be something more? Safe as an island, far off to sea, I'd almost forgotten this side of me. What is this magic I feel? Thought this mushy stuff was below me. Could it be he is the one to show me what compassion is for? Safe as an island, far off to sea, I'd almost forgotten this side of me. Perhaps I'm not the cold bitch I pretended to be. I've almost <laughs> forgotten this side of me. And as she's singing this, there is some random guy who comes down the steps. He yeah. stops thinking she's singing about him. him. <laughs> but then when... He realizes she's not. He just continues to walk away. Yeah, it is so random. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. It is. So, so then Polly goes back to Alfred. And Alfred continues the story. And we're at, we're still at the Indian camp. And Noon is trying to hit on the female Indian. And every time he says something, she's like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> That's interesting. Interesting. That's interesting. Meanwhile, Alfred is learning karate from from the chief. Again, this makes or is there? Makes no sense. And then he is told that the other group left the camp this morning. So, um. So, you know, Alfred realizes that, you know, what he just said, and he tries to gather everyone to get 
together and noon doesn't want to go and one of them is like we're not going because you're freaking horny you know um another thing that we should mention and i forgot to mention this earlier in this is um frank miller he got he got caught in a bear trap early in the movie i forgot to mention that and i apologize um so he's got this wound that he's dealing with throughout the rest of the movie but they do decide to leave so they end up walking and they're going into pretty much the rocky mountains and they meet up with this guy but it's not just any guy it's a cyclops and the boys are scared and and, and it's so weird, it's, but it's also disgusting because every time this guy talks, there's like ooze coming out of the eye that he lost. So, you know, it's, and he's, you know, he's like, any you guys, Yankees? And, you know, one of them is like, oh, no, no, we're actually from the South. What part? Nashville. And then, you know, he starts singing Dixie and the guys can't remember or don't know the words and they start getting chased off by the cyclops and then we get this part the funniest part of one of the funniest parts of the movie there's so many good parts there aren't maybe i, I, maybe, I don't know so they're walking and swan is like you know there's something that we can do to help us get through this and then we get into this ridiculous song but it is so freaking hilarious called let's would build it, a snowman yeah would it be as funny as it is if we hadn't seen frozen uh, <laughs> oh that's a good question uh, <laughs> because I, I mean I, I, I'm not sure, but I, I find, I remember this as a funny song before I saw Frozen, mm -hmm. but it's even more funny now that I have seen Frozen. I, you know what, you're onto something, because I saw Frozen first, right. long before this one, and I despised Frozen. Right. Watching yeah. this... I busted my gut laughing yeah. listening to this song. And it's so cheesy, but it is perfect. So, the lyrics are, yeah. Sometimes in the, the world is black, and the tears run from your eyes. And maybe we'll get, or, uh, get really sick, and maybe we all die. So, let's build a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, we can make him our best friend. We can name him Tom, or we can name him George. We can make him tall, or we can make him not so tall. Snowman! You have a happy face, a happy smile, a happy point of view. If we build a snowman, then I'll build one for you. Let's build a snowman. Let's make him our best friend. We can name him Bob. Or we can name him Beowulf. What the 
Beowulf? Yeah, Beowulf. That's a, yeah. a, I think it's a comic or a video game. It is something mm-hmm. like that. I heard it before. We can make him tall. We can make him not so tall. Nomad. And there's this accent. Oh, it is so good. That is maybe one of the most funny tap down solos in the world. Eat your heart out, Freddy Stairs. Just for this tap down. It's really, really good. And then they go into singing. He's a happy face. He has a happy smile. A happy point of view. If we build a snowman, then I build one for you. Snowman, snowman, snowman. All right. So after that, Wonderful melody, which I oh. think should be sung at any kid talent show. Yes. Which would guarantee you first prize. Um, they talk about how they're still hungry, and somebody comes up with the idea of, well, why don't we eat our shoes? And they they cook their shoes, and they. Um, you know, they eat the shoes, except for one or two people. So then they start walking, and they're really getting to the point where, you know, they're just about ready to lose it. And they're blaming Alfred. And then Swan is like, you know what would really help us? Let's build a snowman. We can make him our best friend. And then... I love it. And then Miller... And then in the middle of the song, they go like, Shut the fuck up, Exactly. (laughs) And then, and then, Uh, as this is going on, Swan is shot in the head by Miller. Yep. Or, no, Bell, I'm sorry, by Bell. Yeah, Bell, yeah. And Swan is dead. Oh my god, they killed Swan! Yep. So, so, uh, so Bill has been put into timeout. <laughs> I love how it's just like, oh, it's okay. Let's put you in timeout. <laughs> you just killed a guy. Yeah, you just killed the guy. Let's put you in timeout. So, uh, so then they oh, see, fuck. you know, they, they, they look at Swan and they're like, Oh, he looks so happy. He looks like he's about ready to sing a song. And you see this smile on his face. And then one of the guys is like, you know what we could do is we could eat him. And one of them was like, no, I don't want to. And then they bring up the Donner Party, which happened in California. Um... Basically, they went into California, they went crazy, they started eating someone. So, right. And eventually, they do eat Swan. Although, um, one of the people refuses to eat his butt. I love that that's the line he crossed, Don's cross, mm-hmm. is that he doesn't want to eat his butt. Yeah. Yeah. So then... We go to the next morning, they're still walking, and Humphrey 
gives us another gray line in this movie where he's like, you know, when Swan was dancing, did anyone know that he was tap dancing? And Belle is like, <laughs> you just realized this? And he yep. starts chasing him all over the place. And Alfred is trying, is like, you know, the only thing that I could really do at this point is to make the group happy, to get their spirits back up. And then he goes, look, I'm Abe Lincoln. Abe Lincoln! Ah! So, they then end up going into a very wooded area where there's a bunch of snow and they start singing the that's all I'm asking for song but more of like <laughs> <laughs> so then um three of the five this are asking you know, who should we eat next? And they decide that Belle should be the one to be eaten next since he killed Swan. And, you know, they're thinking about it, and then um, Packer is like, you know, why don't I go look for some help? Maybe I can find something. So he goes down, he looks, he comes back to the campsite, and he sees everybody else is dead. And Belle comes back, and Alfred realizes that Belle killed everybody else in the group. And Alfred is contemplating turning him in. But Belle is like, no, because if you do that, we're going to go to jail, and we're not going to make it. So we get this fight scene, and basically, Pecker uses every weapon he can use to kill Bell. He uses uh, he he uses an axe. He uses a stick. He uses a pick. He shoots him, and every time he does something, it does not kill him. Um. And he's still going until he finally dies. So then, after all that, Alfred reaches Saguach, which is um, a town that the fur people were going to. And Alfred gets a clean shave, and he meets up with the sheriff. And the sheriff is like, huh... You know, uh, we got word that you're you were with a group, and you know no one can find them. Do you know where they went? And he's like, <laughs> No, I really don't know. And no, I, I I really don't know. Yeah, he looks so guilty. <laughs> so then the sheriff is like, Well, we're gonna gather up a group of people, and we're gonna go looking for them tomorrow, and you're gonna oh, I love that. Yep, and you're gonna be yep. joining us to help find them. Yep. Well, we go to later that night, and Alfred goes to the bar, but before he does, it's Frenchie and his gang, and <gasps> there's Leanne! Oh, Aww. no! So Frenchie oh, no. 
had Leanne the whole time. And, you know, he's like, why don't you come to me, Leanne? And Frenchie's like, ha ha, she won't come to you. She is with me now. So, as Alfred is depressed, he's drinking away, and Frenchie and his group, they try to, you know, they mess with him some more about the horse, and then the sheriff comes in, and he's like, Alfred, you are the one who killed all of them. You ate all of them. We have to have you under arrest. So, Alfred, who's trying to plead his case, starts getting beaten up by everybody in the bar. I mean, it's getting bad. But Frenchie insists that he wants to take Alfred on alone. So, they start fighting, and as Alfred is getting beat up, he sees the Indian chief from earlier. And the chief mm -hmm. is like, use the moves that we taught you. So he gets himself back together, and he starts going right after Frenchie, and he's punching him in the gut, and he's punching him in the ding-dong, the ding-ding, and he beats him up so much to the point that Frenchie's voice completely changes. So, after that is done, Alfred gets chased away by everybody in the bar. And this is a funny scene because they make a big circle going in and out, around and around and around and around, which is sort of funny. And then they start chasing Alfred. And then, as we go back to real life, Polly is like, well, how did they capture you? And Alfred's like, well, I went to Wyoming. And then here's this clip of Alfred going, is anybody here? And Polly's like, that's terrible. Yeah. Because <laughs> there's nothing in Wyoming, folks. Aww. And that is what has led us to this point in time. So the next day, it, they take Alfred out, and they're about ready to execute him. And then we go into song, which is called Hang the Bastard. What did you think about this song? Uh, it was a little bit long. Yeah, a little too long. But I understood the point. This was sort of like the big musical number of the yeah, movie. Yeah, And there's even a black woman in this movie. Just to point this out, not to be racist, just to point this out. She's the only black person in the entire movie. Yeah. Although it is the 1870s, so, you know. So after they... Should we read the... We've read the lyrics to all the other songs. I guess we should read the lyrics to this. It's a long song, though. All right, I'll do, I'll do it. Hang the bastard, hang him high, hoist his body to the sky. It's as nice as a day can be. Won't you come to the hanging with me? Hang the bastard, hang him high, hoist his body to the sky. It's as nice as a day can be. Won't you come to the hanging with me? Hang the bastard, hang him well, send his sorry soul to hell. When his neck bone snaps, well, no, when the cannibal won't be killing anymore. His face will turn red, then purple, then blue. We'll watch from up here to get a good view. And when his eyes bug out, we'll know it's the end of him and the end of the show. So hang the bastard, hang him with cheer. We'll make some hot dogs and drink a few beers. And when his tongue rolls out, we'll know it's the end of the show and we can all go home. 
But not till we hang the bastard hang him here, the most exciting thing this town has seen in years. When his body stops jerking, we'll know. It's the end of him. It's the end of him. It's the end of him and the end of the show. And then we get this really weird cowbell solo. <laughs> um, I don't. I like it. I don't think Blue like Oyster Cold has to worry about this cowbell solo. So. No. Then the rest of the lyrics. So hang the bastard, hang him high, kiss his guilty butt goodbye. It's as nice as a day can be. Won't you come to the hanging with me? His veins will pop out all over his head. We'll tickle his armpits to make sure he's dead. And when his tongue rolls out, we'll know it's the end of him and we can all go home. But not till we hang the bastard, hang him high, hoist his body to the sky. When his body stops jerking, we'll know it's the end of him. It's the end of him. It's the end of him. Let's go on with the show. Hooray! Hooray! So, they get Alfred set up, about to be ready to be executed. And then all of a sudden, here comes Polly riding a horse, and... It's Leanne's! And Leanne, or Polly, comes up, and she has a pardon from the governor of Colorado. Because when this crime happened, it was when Colorado was a territory, not a state. So because of that, he cannot be executed. So Alfred is... Free, sort of. But Frenchie comes back up and he's like, No, no. I'm not done yet. They came to see somebody die and he's going to die. And just as Alfred is about to die, here comes the Indian chief all of a sudden with his sword, with a katana, and he beheads Frenchie. And this makes the crowd happy because they got to see somebody die. So then, Alfred realizes that he has more friends than just his horse. And he decides that the Indian chief can have Leanne. And that he wants Polly. And they get together. And then, the Indian chief kills Leanne, if you could hear it in the background. And then, as they're kissing... Bell comes back from the dead with all the stuff still in his head. And that is the end of Cannibal the Musical. Uh, before... There, there are some notes that we're going to get through in a minute. But one thing that I found, which I did... Well, obviously I didn't realize because it's the first time I'd seen this movie. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, Fro. There were two songs that got cut from the movie. Yes. One of them is called Shatterproof, which was originally going to be included in the bar scene when Packer confronted Frenchie. And the other one was called Don't Be Stupid, mm-hmm. which is after Miller decides to go along on the trip, the remaining miners sing Don't Be Stupid. As a warning. This can be seen and heard on non-US releases of the movie. It can actually be downloaded from the video section. So, yeah. Yep. 
Huh. Well, why don't we give our thoughts about the movie, and then we'll get into notes, and we'll go back to learning more about Alfred Pecker. Yeah, I love this movie, uh, as you maybe know. Uh, I think it is it is the best trauma film. Uh, when that is said and done, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give this a 10 out of 10. Right. Of course not, because it's... it's to be to be honest, it's a bad movie. Like it's, uh, but it's not a bad movie in the way people think when mm-hmm. I say it's a bad movie. What? No, I was agreeing with you. Oh. Uh, what I mean when I say it's a bad movie, it's uh, it's poorly made. Oh it's, gosh, yeah. It's low, 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 low budget movie. So, uh, it's not a bad movie, it's just a bad made movie. Badly made, yeah. So, I will give this a 7 out of 10, and I think that's fair enough, because it's the best trauma film, and I wouldn't give a trauma film higher than a 7. Right. Uh, than a I mean. Um, well, as you know, this was my first time seeing this movie. And you mentioned how, you know, how it wasn't you know, it was badly made. Um, according to Wikipedia, and I'm just bringing this up as a stat, it had a budget of $125,000. Yeah, that's nothing. Yeah. I tell you what, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I mean, not enough to give it a 10, but for what this was, and it's a musical... And it's something that Trey Parker and Matt Stone have, in a weird way, and, I, and I'm being totally unbiased, I'm calling it like I see it, they have sort of perfected the comedy musical for this generation. Oh, definitely. And it started with this. And then obviously the big one is the Book of Mormon which I still want to see. I'm going to try and see it. It's going to be in D.C. this fall, so I'm going to see if anyone would want to go with me to see that. Um, with that said, the way it was done, story was very well done. I enjoyed the story. And to, and to think that this is actually a true story, which is another thing that you sort of can't believe, but it, it actually is a true story. I'm going to give this an 8. I'm going to give it 8 out of 10. I'm going to be just a little more generous. Like I said, I, I agree with you. It's badly made, but they didn't have that big of a budget. It's the 90s. and But they did very well, I thought. Alright, um, we're going to do IMDB real quick. Uh, Fro and I, we agreed before we recorded that we're not going to read the reviews of this because well this is going to be a long episode so um if you do want to read the reviews there are 141 reviews on imdb about this movie but of 10,527 people who gave this movie a rating the average rating is a 7.2 out of 10 so to go, yeah, that's, so to, that's pretty high. That is. 
So to go into a little bit further detail, 2,304 people gave this movie a 10. 1,228 people gave it a 9. 2,038 people gave it an 8. 2,317 people gave it a 7. So it's 13 votes separate between the 7 and the 10 rating, which is very interesting. And 176 people gave this a 1. Very interesting. Um, well, let's get into some production notes. The film began as a three-minute trailer made for a film class. After the trailer drew much attention, Parker and Stone raised about $125,000 and began shooting the full-length film. The film was shot during weekends and on spring break in 1993. And according to Ian Harden, most of the crew failed their film history class as a result. Early in the shooting, Parker was thrown from one of the horses playing Leanne, fracturing his hip. The film was originally titled Alfred Pecker, the Musical in 1993. The film premiered on October 31st, 1993, okay, that's sort of ironic, in Boulder, Colorado at a cinema near the University of Colorado campus. A fake protest organized by Friends of Parker and Stone organized along the lines of an animal rights demonstration took yep. place in front of the theater. The film then played at Rain Dance Film Festival in 2004, which Parker and Stone attended. Parker was credited on screen as Juan Schwartz, a reference to Alfred Packer's alias John Schwartz, which he was living under when discovered in Cheyenne, Wyoming. It was not released generally until 1996, however, when Trauma Entertainment picked it up and renamed it Cannibal the Musical, out of concern that not enough people outside of Colorado knew who Packer was. Few people outside of Colorado ever saw the film since Trauma did not distribute it widely. Parker and Stone's animated satire South Park debuted the following year. Several live productions of the show have been mounted with excerpts from one live version available on the DVD. And I have to say, uh, if you want to read about it, you can go to www.hannibaldemusical.net. Mm -hmm. That is their official website, and you can also... Uh, find out of their upcoming, and I'm not kidding, Cannibal Tour on stage. It is true, because folks. This is actually a still going on production. Yep. They, I would love to see it. I wouldn't mind I would, going to see I this. I would love to see it. Um, another note is Cannibal currently holds a 56% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So, now let's go back to Alfred Pecker. What happened to him from that point? Well, 
As Fro mentioned earlier, he was a part of a party of 21 men who left Provo, Utah for the gold country around Breckenridge, Colorado. On January 21, 1874, the party met Chief O'Ray, known as the White Man's Friend, near Montrose, Colorado. Chief O'Ray recommended they postpone their expedition until spring since they were likely to encounter dangerous winter weather in the mountains. O'Ray kindly offered to allow the men to stay with his tribe until the winter had passed. So, that's actually true. Some men in the party became restless and decided to ignore O'Ray's advice and attempt to find the government cattle camp near the Los Pinos Indian Agency. Odie Lotzenheiser and three other men left first. Packer attempted to follow them, but Lotzenheiser pointed a revolver at Packer and told him that, quote, if he saw him after they passed the point of the mountain, there would be trouble, unquote. Packer returned to the camp. The following week, on February 9th, Packer and five others left for the Indian agency. Besides Packer, the group comprised Shannon Wilson-Bell, James Humphrey, Frank Reddy Miller, George California Noon, and Israel Swans, so the people in the movie. The leader of the outfit, Bob McGrew, guided Packer's party until his horses could not continue. McGrew unloaded the men's provisions and went back to O'Ray's camp. What happened after this is not clear. On April 16, 1874, Packer arrived at the Los Pinos Indian Agency near Gunnison. When Preston Nutter, a member of McGrew's original group, Ah, oh, McGrew, you've done it again. Sorry, I just had to get that out. Asked Packer what happened to the rest of his party. Packer claimed that he had got his feet wet and frozen, and the others had abandoned him. Packer claimed he was broke and sold the Winchester rifle he had in possession to Major Downer, the Justice of the Peace, for $10. After a short stay at the agency, Packer said he wanted to return to Pennsylvania and accompanied Nutter and two other members of the original group to Sagawetch, where he could buy supplies. During the course of this journey, Nutter saw that Packer had in his possession a skinning knife that had belonged to Frank Reddy Miller and began to have doubts about Packer's story. When the party reached Sagawetch, Packer made arrangements to room in Dolan's saloon. Larry Dolan, the owner, claimed that Packer spent about $100 during his stay and that Packer even offered to lend him $300. Packer also spent $78 in Otto Mears' general store. Nutter and other members of McGrew's original party became very suspicious of Packer and threatened to hang him. General Adams, head of the Indian agency, stepped in just in time to save Packer. After being interrogated by General Adams, Packer signed his first confession. Quote, Old Man Swan died first and was eaten by the other five persons about ten days out of camp. Four or five days afterwards, Humphreys died and was also eaten. He had about $133. I found the pocketbook and took the money. Sometime afterwards, while I was carrying wood, the butcher was killed. As the, other two, as the other two told me accidentally, and he was also eaten. Bell shot California with Swan's gun, gun, and I killed Bell. Shot him. I covered up the remains and took a large piece along. Then traveled 14 days into the agency. Bell wanted to kill me with his rifle, struck a tree, and broke his gun. 
General Adams believed that if Pecker were telling the truth, he would have no problem leading a party of men to the original campsite. The physical evidence would either prove or disprove Packer's story. Packer originally consented to lead the party, but after claiming to be lost and rushing at Constable, at Constable Herman Lauder with a knife, he was jailed in Sagawatch. The jail at that time was little more than a law cabin. Pardon me. And after being passed a makeshift key for his irons and given some supplies, Packer easily escaped. Now, to the first trial. On March 11, 1883, Packard was discovered in Cheyenne, Wyoming, living under the alias John Swartz. After Packard was apprehended, General Adams persuaded him to make his second confession, which Packard signed on March 16. Instead of claiming that the men gradually killed each other to survive, Packard now claimed that Shannon Bell had killed the others while Packard was out scouting. On April 6, a trial began in Lake City, Colorado, and seven days later, Packer was found guilty of premeditated murder and sentenced to death by hanging. According to a local newspaper, the presiding judge, M.B. Gary, said, quote, Stand up, you voracious man-eating son of a bitch, and receive your sentence. When you came to Hinsdale County, there were seven Democrats, but you... You ate five of them, goddamn you. I sent you to be hanged by the neck until you're dead. Dead, dead. As a warning again, reducing the Democratic population of this county. Packer, you Republican cannibal, I would send you to hell, but the statutes forbid it. Wow, and that's how it's written too, folks. <laughs> okay. Court records, however revealed that Judge Gary's prose was much more educated. Alfred Pecker, the judgment of this court is that you be removed from hence to the jail of Hensdale County, and there confined until the 19th day of May, A.D. 1883, and that on said 19th day of May, 1883, you be taken from thence by the sheriff of Hensdale County to a place of execution prepared for this purpose at some point within the corporate limits of the town of Lake City, in the said county of Hinsdale, and between the hours of 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. of said day, you, then and there, by said sheriff, be hung by the neck until you are dead, 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 and may God have mercy upon your soul. In, in October 1885, there was a second trial. The sentence was reversed by the Colorado Supreme Court, is being passed on an ex post facto law. On June 8, 1886, Packer was convicted of five counts of manslaughter and sentenced to 40 years, eight years for each count, at another trial in Gunnison. At the time, this was the longest custodial sentence in U.S. history. On June 19, 1899, Packer's sentence was upheld by the Colorado Supreme Court. However, he was paroled on February 8, 1901. After his parole, Packer went to work as a guard at the Denver Post. He died in Deer Creek in Jefferson County, Colorado, reputedly of dementia, trouble, and worry at the age of 65. Packer is widely rumored to have become a vegetarian before his death. He was buried in Littleton, Colorado, his grave is marked with a veteran's tombstone listing his original regiment in 1862. 
Now, there have been, over the last probably close to 30 years, some recent investigations on this. On July 17, 1989, 115 years after Packer allegedly consumed his companions, an exhumation of the five bodies was undertaken by James E. Starrs, then a professor of law specializing in forensic science at George Washington University. Following an exhaustive search for the precise location of the remains at Cannibal Plateau in Lake City, Colorado, Stars and his colleague, Walter H. Birkby, concluded, quote, I don't think there will ever be any way to scientifically demonstrate cannibalism. Cannibalism, per se, is the ingestion of human flesh, so you'd have to have a picture of the guy actually eating. In 1994, David P. Bailey, curator of history at the Museum of Western Colorado, undertook an investigation to turn up more conclusive results than stars. In the Audrey Threakill collection of firearms owned by the museum was a Colt revolver that had reportedly been found at the site of Packer's alleged crime. Exhaustive investigation into the pistol's background turned up documents from the time of the trial. A Civil War veteran then visited the crime scene, stated that Shannon Bell had been shot twice, and the other victims were killed with a hatchet. Upon careful study of Bell, he noticed a severe bullet wound to the pelvic area, and that Bell's wallet had a bullet hole through it. This seems to corroborate Packer's claim that Bell had killed the other victims, and that Packer shot Bell in self-defense. By 2000, Bailey had not yet proven a link between the antique pistol and Alfred Packer, but he discovered that forensic samples from the 1989 exhumation pardon me, had been archived and analysis in 2001 with an electron microscope by Dr. Richard Dujay at Mesa State College found microscopic lead fragments in the soil taken from under Shannon Bell's remains that were matched by spectrograph with the bullets remaining and what was indeed Packer's pistol. While it appears certain that Bell was killed by a shotgun or a gunshot, the question of whether or not it was murder remains unanswered. Uh -huh. And one funny note to add before we start wrapping this up. In 1968, students at the University of Colorado Boulder named their new cafeteria grill the Alfred G. Packer Memorial Grill, with the slogan, uh -huh. with the slogan, have a friend for lunch. Uh -huh. Students can, uh -huh. students can order an El Cannibal beef burger, and on the wall is a giant map outlining Packer's travels through Colorado. It has since been renamed the Alfred Packer Restaurant and Grill. Mm. So. That's the story of Alfred Pecker. Very, oh. very interesting man. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I think that's going to do it for uh, this one. Um, certainly an interesting story. Definitely. Very interesting story. I think everyone should check it out at some point. All right, let's do our plugs. You can follow the show on Facebook. We're at Sharks Pond, or at Twitter, I should say, at Sharks Pond 97. You can join our Facebook group on Twitter. We're at Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. And if for some reason you can't find us there, click on the link in the description box, and you're right there. And don't forget to visit the Patreon page, patreon.com backslash Bill's World of Podcasts. 
to help out not only this show, but many others. Next week, Fro and I begin Season 5 of South Park. And it's, Don't wait. Yep, and it starts with It Hits the Fan. It definitely hits the fan. Oh yeah, it's going to. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this special South Park episode. Uh, I I think we can both say that we enjoyed doing this one. Oh, what's a good one, this one, wasn't it? Yes, and the next time we do a special, uh, a movie special, I should say, is mm-hmm. when we review, after Season 5 is done, the movie Orgasmo. Yeah, uh... Have you seen it? I've heard I've I've heard of it. Okay, so you've never seen it. Right, but I have heard of that one. Uh, it's definitely different. Um, uh, a lot of more uh, Mormon bashing, <laughs> <laughs> to say it mildly. Yeah. If you are a Mormon, uh, watch this movie about what can happen if you are a Mormon missionary and. Suddenly want to do porn. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thank you guys for listening to this special, and we will talk to you guys next week for season five of South Park. Bye, everybody. Build a snowman. <laughs>